The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Friends. Welcome along. This is episode 178 of The Boys of Tech for Monday, the 6th of August, 2012. My name is Edwin Herman. I'm live here in the studio in Wellington. Also joining me in Wellington, but over Skype, is one of our regular panellists. In fact, our most regular panellist, after me that is, and that's Brett King. Welcome to the show, Brett. Howdy. How are you this week? Uh, Better than I was last week. Better's good. Yes. Better's better than worse. Indeed. <laughs> you follow my drift. Especially when you've got when you've had the flu, better is definitely better than worse. Oh yeah, there's a lot of it going around. It's and it's a horrible one too, I understand. Yes. It is quite nasty. Do you get the flu jab? I do. Did you get it this year? Yep. And you got the flu. Was it the same strain or that you got, perhaps? Or oh, is it a who different knows. who knows, yeah. Who knows? I think it's seventy percent of people are uh, well. The other way around, thirty percent will will still get the flu, apparently. Indeed, but it will generally be significantly milder. Yeah, that's right. Than had they if they had not gotten the flu jab. Yes, that's true. So, regardless, it's always a good idea to get the flu jab. You don't subscribe to the conspiracy theories that. You don't get the flu jab because the government's putting chemicals in there to reduce population and introduce cancers and so on? Uh, no, because that would be stupid. <laughs> oh, look. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't believe it either, but you know. Oh, wait, do you? Have I offended your sensibilities? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't think that for one minute, but uh, I know there are people yeah, out there. Yeah, because, you know, there have been so many studies on the on the, the, the chemical contribution of governments into vaccines and et cetera. It's, yeah, but you yeah. see, the reason that hasn't happened is because it's top secret. Ah, so independent studies that confirm whether or not these vaccines have any efficacy are are fraudulent. Do, do I need to put tinfoil <laughs> Look, on I my walls? I can't argue against it because I don't. I, I'm like you. I don't believe should it. I get a, should I? Should I? I'm. I'm going to go get some tinfoil. I'll be back in a moment. Uh, well, be careful because out there. I, in fact, just today I noticed some contrails, and you, you know what's in those, don't you? There's also chemicals from the government to spread cancers. Earlier, I thought it was um, the the disruption of aircraft as they fly through the upper atmosphere. Okay, it is that. I was trying to introduce a conspiracy theory. I, you know, I worked with a guy who subscribed <laughs> to pretty much every conspiracy theory there was. Everyone, he'd believe it, he'd buy it, and he'd try and sell it back to me and convert me. Ah, oh, awesome. He sounds like a major laugh. You know, it got to the point where I started wondering whether he, he's just trolling, but I don't think he was. I think he was serious. He and because also he changed his lifestyle. He did things, you know. He avoided certain things, did things differently, and so on. So it wasn't just trolling. He 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 really believed it. Anyway, conspiracy theories aside, 
Well, let's look ahead at some of the stories in this week's episode. Android 4 is ported to the Raspberry Pi. Anonymous, the hacking group, is very unhappy about a particular trademark registration. And also a home-built satellite is to be launched. I'm not sure what is more amazing, the fact that it's home-built or the fact that... It's actually going to get launched. That, yeah, that it's actually going to get launched. That and more uh, in this week's episode. First of all, though, of course, Android 4 being ported to Raspberry Pi. What does that mean, though, Brett? The porting of Android 4.0, what does it allow you to do now that it's ported to Raspberry Pi? Uh, it allows you to run Android on Raspberry Pi. Which lets you do what? It lets you just run Android applications on Raspberry Pi. But it's got no touchscreen. No, it doesn't. Probably doesn't even have drivers for a touchscreen. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> I think this is another one of those because we can. Yeah, because we can. I suppose it would presumably still respond to point and click, perhaps, if you yeah, plug them on Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but you wouldn't have all that. And so, and Everything responds to point and click. And it's certainly, well, yeah, pretty much. Touch is just a variant on point and click. Well, hang on, hang on a <laughs> sec. I, my, I've got four Apple IIEs. They don't respond to point and click. Wow. Yeah, I've got four working Apple IIEs. And what do you use those for? Dropping uh, open doors? To annoy my wife because she's sick of lugging them around whenever we move. <laughs> and we just, uh, Indeed, because what moved. do you use them for? You use Nothing. them for dropping open doors, exactly. Yeah, I, well, I use them to I store, I, they take up space in a, in a box in a garage. So it's, it's, to, it's to fill the box, fill, ah, fill okay. the cardboard box. You, you add an empty box, so you, you put them in it. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. You, you're waiting until they're so vintage they're worth thousands of dollars. Yeah, well... Perhaps like the Apple One. <laughs> uh, Except well. there were significantly more two E's. Oh, yes. The t- two E's were a dime a dozen, yeah. It's a Toyota Corolla of the of that era anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think the um, porting of Android 4 to Raspberry Pi is pretty cool. It is. It's, yeah, it's an odd thing, Raspberry Pi. It, it's, you're inc- it's an incredibly cheap computer on a, you know, slab that's all you get you get the this board with different plugs that you can plug into it to then plug it into other things but it is just a a a bare bones board that you get when you buy this this computer but yeah they made some interesting choices when they were picking the hardware for it which is what i thought was the, the 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 oddest part about raspberry pi they chose arm 11 instead of arm version 7 so there's why did they do that I, I don't know. Maybe there are capabilities of ARM 11, which ARM 7 don't have, but it's just ARM 7 is far more supported uh, across different operating systems uh, than ARM 11 is. So there's stuff that you can't, can't currently do. As I understand, because of that, they actually had to put a different kernel. Is that right? It's a different Linux kernel. It's different to the one that Raspberry Pi ship. Yeah. Yeah, to, to, to in, get, the, in the sporting, yeah, 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 to get it to work, and it's not a hundred percent yet. It doesn't run, for instance. You, there's no sound. The sound subsystem of Android doesn't work on Raspberry Pi yet. Ah, who needs sound? Uh, lots of people. Without uh, sound, where would this podcast be? Good call, Brett. Very good. That's why we have you on the show. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to listen to this podcast <laughs> yeah, you're right. on, on Android on a Raspberry Pi. Well, I wonder if you could get a... That's such an a, awesome name. <laughs> Raspberry Pi? 
Raspberry Pi. Well, yes. Have you had a, had a raspberry Pi? Like, you know, a pie made of raspberries? No, no. I've had raspberries on top of a pie, but not a pie that is just raspberry pie. No, I don't think I have either. I've had raspberry and apple. Raspberry and apple what? Pie. Oh, right. Okay. Well, that, but, that's close. But no, but no raspberry, just raspberry pie. Maybe it's too tart to just be a pie by itself. Oh, maybe. Who knows? But it marries really well with Android 4. What's, What's Android 4's name? Uh, is it Ice Cream Sandwich? No. Well, it's it not the next Ice one? Sandwich. No, no, it's the next one, isn't it? Yeah. What Which is, is what? Jelly Bean? No. Oh, they've, got, <laughs> they've got awesome names either way. <laughs> oh, no, it is. It's Ice Cream Sandwich. It is Ice Cream Sandwich. You're absolutely right. And um, ice cream so it sandwich, must be four point one, which is the one with the new name. I think so. Yeah, Jelly Bean is four point one. Yeah, Jelly Bean. That's the one. Yeah, but yeah, they've got cool names and ice cream sandwich with raspberry pie. <laughs> <laughs> that, just awesome. It does. It does go well. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So you know, I knew this would happen. The moment raspberry pie was announced some time ago, now I figured we're going to see lots of stories of. A Raspberry Pi does this, a Raspberry Pi does that, and yeah, it's people on. Yeah. Doing stuff to Raspberry Pi because they can. Exactly. Because it expands uh, what is, you know, relatively popular, cheap development tool. Well, I'll tell you something not popular right now is a French company called Early Flickr that has trademarked the logo that Anonymous used. This is the hacking group, right? Yeah. yeah that that uh, headless suit. Logo. The headless suit man, but they they didn't just you know go for registering the logo of Anonymous. They went and registered the slogan that Anonymous use. We are Anonymous. We do not forgive. We do not forget. Expect us. Yeah. So what is this about? Ah, uh, it 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 appears that this site is this company sells t-shirts, sells clothing. With different geek brands, you know, different memes, etc., on them. So they've trademarked this so they can sell anonymous branded stuff. Now, normally prior art would apply. Indeed. Wouldn't it? And, and there's significant evidence of prior art for this, isn't there? Oh, to- totally. <laughs> they are out so, there, all right. I, I think if anonymous wanted to take it the legal route, they would have a pretty good. <laughs> ground to stand on to have the trademark revoked. Well, do you think they are doing it so this co- the French company is doing it so they can out Anonymous, so that, that Anonymous, if they want to fight it, they have to come out? I'm know. thinking they're doing it because they don't think Anonymous would take that route and they wanted to trademark something that they didn't own. This <laughs> is quite funny. Yeah. They trademarked it because they were putting it on shirts and they wanted to make money from it. But it's an odd thing to do, isn't it? Wouldn't, wouldn't they still oh, just do it? it's incredibly odd. It, it's, it's like waving a red hanky. Well, actually, re- waving any coloured hanky because, you know, bulls don't see the colour red. No. It, it's the movement that they see. Anyway, <laughs> random factoid. It's like waving a hanky in front of an angry bull. <laughs> It certainly got them way more attention than they would have normally gotten. See, I'm, we've heard I'm about figure- this Paris-based place, <laughs> this Paris-based company in New Zealand. <laughs> See, I'm still trying to figure this whole thing out because, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. Wouldn't you just produce the the T-shirts and the merchandise anyway? Because yeah. the thing is, there's prior art on that 
logo and the and the slogan, right? So yep. registering a trademark can be challenged. Exactly. But so could just producing the uh, you know the so could the, the, the yeah so the could product. yeah the merchandise. Yeah. So which is easier? I mean, wouldn't it be? I, I just don't get it. I'm I'm confused. I think it was they sat back. Maybe they hired a marketing company, and the marketing company went, "Okay, are you incredibly put off by the fact that you may upset them? If you aren't, then why don't you?" take your thing a step further and trademark it and rile them up some and it will get you global. That's it, Brett. You've nailed it. It's a PR exercise. That's exactly what it is. It's a PR exercise. PR exercise. I've worked it out. The penny's dropped. Yeah. There's prior art. There's no way they to trademark it and have the trademark stand to any actual scrutiny. But... It is a huge PR thing. See, I, I was had, thinking too. They to, would have had thousands more hits to their store than they would have if they hadn't done this and gotten Anonymous's ire. It's whether or not they've, you know, thought about the repercussions quite fully. Yeah, but what's the worst? I mean, the, they'll have to. Uh, well, Anonymous first of all has to challenge a trademark because if it's registered, once it's registered. It's theirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Anonymous will have to challenge it for a start. I don't know if they've announced. I don't think Anonymous have said exactly what they're going to do, but they said they're coming after them. Yeah. What, in whatever way that means, whether it means hacking their site or whether it means. Uh, you oh, know, I, I think we can expect all of the, the, the regular Anonymous tactics. The usual stuff. Yep. They've worked out who no, some of them are, haven't they? Hacking. What? Aren't most of the people that they think are parts of Anonymous people that they've arrested? Yeah, they've arrested a, a bunch yeah. that <laughs> they believe are. But there's obviously more of them. Mm. Okay, right. I'll leave that story there. <laughs> it's a gigantic PR thing. I think you're right, And yeah. it's whether or not the French company has really done their risk assessment quite well enough. The, the, but either the way, either they say there's no such thing as bad press. So even if they have to pay a oh, fine nice. or, or whatever, they I mean, they're huge. It's, this story's all over the world now. We're podcasting it right now, for example. So, yeah, so from people, New Zealand, on the other side of the world. Exactly. So, it, you know, it, so as they say, there, there really is no such thing as, as bad press. eFlickr.fr is their website address. If it's still available, if, if yeah, if it's still available. Oh, <laughs> I just went to it. It's been hacked. It's empty. <laughs> it is empty. Go to eFlickr.fr. By the time this podcast gets published, I don't know whether things will have changed, but eFlickr.fr it is currently it, gone. It does not match the Google cache. It's gone. Well, well, there you go. That's that's what happens when you when you, you use the ire of an <laughs> Oh yes, this is live as we are recording the podcast. <laughs> wow, there you go. I don't think we've had one of these episodes before where, where something's actually happened as we're doing the show. <laughs> or at least certainly not long before it must have been. It must have been pretty soon. All right, so anyway, that's eFlickr.fr. You can't go there. Well, you can, but there's nothing there anymore because I think Anonymous have taken it down, allegedly. <laughs> All right, let's talk about a man by the name of Song Ho Jun who is apparently about to launch a satellite. That in itself is amazing. Well, he's going to have it launched, I should say. But what's more amazing is the fact that this satellite is no ordinary satellite. It's one that he has built himself. He has built his own 
little satellite. It looks pretty much the same sort of form, form factor as the, the CubeSats. One kilo in size, 10 centimeters on a side. But he's made it himself out of off-the-shelf bits that he has purchased and put together. And it's basically, yeah, it's, it's going to orbit and send back via Morse codes bits and pieces about its own telemetry, uh, how it's functioning, etc. And, yeah, people will be able to connect up to it and get back messages from it. So basically a little Sputnik. Yeah, it is. <laughs> as they've compared it to it. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned before they, it's going to transmit messages via Morse code. I think that's a very sensible move because Morse code is very, very resilient and it's mm-hmm. also very easy to implement. So... Uh, I don't know if that's the reason why he's chosen Morse code, but certainly those are two valid reasons to do so. Oh, yeah, and it's resilient, it's easy to implement, it's efficient, it's going to require very little power to do those transmissions, and all of those things will have been factors as to why he's chosen to do Morse code. What a legend. Isn't that awesome? Also, it's kind of geeky. It is. It's habit to it in Morse code. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. There is that. Fact. But no, it's an incredibly impressive achievement there that some, it's actually yeah, going to get launched. There are some cool people out there, and this is just, this is one of them. This is doing a, random stuff. This yeah. is a cool guy. This is yes. so awesome. And the satellite is due to be launched from Kazakhstan in December. And by the way, if you want to go to Song Hojun's website, the address is hhjjj.com. Yeah, H H J J J. It's kind of like a full house, you know. If if this yeah. is poker, not quite sure what the <laughs> H's and J's would stand for. J could be Jack, H could be something else, and you'd have a full house. <laughs> anyway, H H J J J. dot com. Fantastic stuff. And still on the theme of space, Brett, what's happening with the latest Mars rover? Well, it is currently in transit. As we speak, it is in transit, waiting for its arrival and insertion, which will happen Monday night. So hang on, Monday night at which time? Is that New Zealand time or is that what? New Zealand time, 5.30pm. 5.30pm Monday night, New Zealand time, which translates to 5.30am GMT. Yeah. Or UTC. Or Zulu, take your pick, whatever name you you prefer. All right, so (laughs) what's so special about this particular? It's ginormous. It's a huge rover. It's like when you you compare it to Spirit and what was the other one called? Opportunity? I can't remember their names. But the previous Mars rovers, which have been still sending back random snippets, or at least one of them has, that are sitting on Mars, those things are tiny compared to this thing. This thing is... You know, like the size of a car. Is it the size of a car? Yeah, I've seen pictures or size comparisons. It's ginormous and heavy. And it requires a really intricate insertion to get it into Mars and to land. It's crazy how complex this It's not just a whole heap of airbags blowing up and a parachute like the other ones were. You know, dropping down, bouncing a bit, and then opening up. This thing has rockets to help slow its descent. It's got a parachute stage, and then it's got this kind of like this oh, lifter stage with all the rockets on it, which is going to slow down and then come to a hover and then lower on a little crane bit 
the actual rover itself to touch down. <laughs> it's amazing. So th- this is highly, yeah, I was just going to say, it's highly complex. And of course, you only get one shot at it. Indeed. Indeed. You only get one shot at it because, of course, yeah, something you don't fails, have real that time. thing's going to hit. <laughs> well, not just that, but you don't have real-time communication, so you can't remote control it real-time. No, no, you have to have thought of all of the possibilities and planned for as many contingencies as you could have thought of and pre-programmed responses. Because <laughs> as you said, yeah, with the, what is it, like a four-minute delay? Yeah, uh, three or <laughs> Between, four, three or four, something yeah. like that, yeah. <laughs> Between transmission from Mars to here, you're not going to control this thing when, it, when, it, when no. it's coming down. It's it's all on it. Exactly, it has to be. It has to do an autonomous landing. And in fact, yeah. everything it does has to be. It can be pre-programmed, and we can you know you can send commands to it. But from that moment, for that period, for that command, if you like, it has to be autonomous because yeah. you know you don't have that real-time communication. Mm. And that's going to be amazing. Fingers crossed, everybody. Fingers crossed that it, that it, everything goes well. Now there's a live webcast, isn't there? Yes, Where's, there is. Where indeed. is that? Have you got the URL for that? Uh, no, it'll, I don't. it'll be linked off the NASA site anyway. Yeah. Well, for those who do want to watch it anyway, uh, yeah, check out NASA website zero five three zero. That's five thirty a.m. GMT. Of course, you need to do the translation for your local time zone. Now, Dropbox has been hacked. No, really? <laughs> yeah, but oh, you but, mean you mean a a third party cloud storage solution was insecure? <laughs> uh, an, Do an, I see some sarcasm? An internet based web storage solution, third party, was insecure. I can holy, sense some sarcasm. Holy moly! But I think look, I mentioned this but, ages but, but, ago but, but, in one of my previous rants. But but before you <laughs> before you have that rant again, let me just point out that this is not user accounts that have been hacked. Some of them have been uh, guessed from other passwords that have been obtained elsewhere, but that's separate. This is actually a staff member's Dropbox uh, password that has been used to gain entry into into the internal network. Mm. So it's actually not a traditional well, hack where, just, where someone... That's just the one that's currently. What, are you speaking <laughs> more? Is that what you're saying? Well, that, that's just the one that they are currently talking about there, you know? Yeah. That the the latest spam that some users were getting was traced back to one of their employees' Dropbox accounts being hacked. That you know it, that was just one employee's Dropbox account being hacked. They've also talked about other instances of other customers' Dropbox's accounts being hacked, and that might be because of poor user security. You know, people using exactly the same usernames and passwords everywhere. But that doesn't mitigate at any point the fact that it confirms the fact that online cloud storage solutions are as vulnerable as I have always said they are. And if you don't implement proper security through encryption and through just thinking about where you're placing stuff, the cloud is free range for hackers to get your stuff. Well, you know, Dropbox have Not announced- even hackers, depending on what place. You know, if you're using iCloud from Apple- Every Apple admin that has access to those servers has access to everything you've put on them. Technically, yeah. Yeah. Now, the thing is, Dropbox has announced it is going to be implementing a system to improve security, and that is by way of two-factor authentication. It's going to be an option for users, two-factor authentication. Good move, Brett, do you think? Uh, 
it's a good step, but unless they put in native server-side encryption to encrypt everybody's accounts, it's still not going to do anything if somebody gets actual access. It's still not going to make the service any more secure. So do they not currently encrypt? As far as I'm aware, it's only encrypted if you put if you encrypt the stuff uh, that you right, put up. Okay. So their own storage nodes are not, are not encrypted. All right, well, that's Dropbox getting hacked. Well, as you say, Brett, surprise, surprise. Now, Kim.com, he's had a bit of trouble getting authenticated on Facebook and Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah, because they, they don't believe that .com is a legitimate last name. Well, well, that was actually the battle with Facebook, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah because his real name is Kim Schmitz. Well, it was. No, no. His, yeah, his birth name his was birth Kim, name Schmitz. Kim Schmitz. But he's changed <laughs> it by default to Kim.com. And, of course, Facebook, he had, his, uh, you know, he had a bit of a battle with Facebook and, and getting that, getting over that hurdle, if you like. Now, eventually, yeah. eventually Facebook have agreed to uh, honour yes, him the, you know, the verified badge. Victory. But he Twitter is another story. He's still having trouble getting Twitter to... And he's got... A, in fact, he's released a photo of him holding a notepad and you can see his face and the notepad in front of it and he's written a message on it, handwritten, Twitter, it's really me. Yes. And uh, he sent that to Twitter and he's tweeted it. So he's waiting for Twitter <laughs> to honour that message yeah, by giving to, him the badge. Yeah, to give him the badge that it is confirmed. Verified, yeah. Yeah. He is verified and to also remove the imposters. Yeah, now there are a lot of imposters. Yeah, in fact, he's name. Exactly. And he tweeted not long ago that the imposters are actually coming up uh, ahead in the search results. If you search Twitter for Kim.com, the imposters will come up first. So that's not so good. Mm. So, Twitter, come on, let's, let's get some action on that. Let's do it properly. <laughs> and that yes. is and that is the show, Brett. That is episode one hundred and seventy-eight, or at least the international stories. But I do want to talk about a New Zealand story to do with telecom on the other side of this little musical ditty. Don't go away. All right, welcome back. Now, Telecom New Zealand is about to close. It's most loved or most hated or, or what? I don't know. You choose. It, it's prior it's, mobile network. <laughs> it's, yes, that's right. The CDMA network, also known as T3G. Do you remember when that launched? Mm. I had a friend who, uh, who I've actually lost touch with actually at the moment, but I had a friend at the time who I think dropped out of university and found a job selling, you know, working at one of the uh, – telecom dealers selling phones and telecom offer training to all the dealers and so on. And so he went along to this training, AKA brainwashing, because he came back telling me how great CDMA was and how it's going to be a lot better than what Vodafone's offering. Also, there is. Oh, but Vodafone has always used a superior service. Yeah, I know, but yeah, superior technology know, for mobile networks. That. Exactly, telecom conceded that because I know <laughs> because what did they upgrade their network to? They upgraded their network to the same exactly. <laughs> to the same system exactly. because it is a much better system. Oh, the totally. only reason they were going CDMA is so awesome is because they got sold the CDMA crap from America. Well, I think it was also that they, it was reason, also despite their face. For some reason, it? American telecoms think CDMA is the the bee's knees, but it's not. I know it's it's shocking. It's terrible. And the thing is, telecom. I I actually think part of it was it was the fact that telecom were far too arrogant to actually go with something that Vodafone had. Yeah. They had you know before that they had the old amp system, and that mm-hmm. was 
you know, GSM was still had been there for a long time. They had a, an opportunity to move to GSM after AMS, and they didn't. And I think yep. part of it is is the fact that they didn't want to do what Vodafone was doing. No, no, because then they would have too much compatibility, and that would be bad for the companies. Yeah, yeah. If good. there was too much, if there was too much cross compatibility, then it would be all bad. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, telecom is turning off, or has actually turned off. Yeah, its yeah. CDMA network. It is gone. It's gone. That's it. You um, still got one of those phones? Then, oh, sucks to be you. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, actually, two degrees are doing a a marketing campaign right now to get people to switch over. And in fact, I saw an ad in the paper what, just recently. Because <laughs> I know Telecom was doing a, you know, a big marketing thing saying to switch to their XT network and get free top up and to get any prepay that you've got transferred over, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But even Telecom's, Telecom's deals and stuff finished at, at midnight when yep, this no, just, network was dis- just, disabled. Just last week, Two Degrees had an ad saying if you've got an old CDMA phone, now's the time to... Upgrade to two degrees, and here's your deal. And they offer a, a really good deal on a phone and a plan, and so on. I think they're getting the, the stragglers. You know, those mm. are, the, are caught short who have not bothered to get rid of their phone, and finally it doesn't work. And they see the ad, and it's sort of uh, an opportunist sort of thing. That's what I think that's what they're aiming for there. Uh-huh. So goodbye, CDMA T3G. What a load of rubbish that was. <laughs> yeah. The network, of course, not the story that we just covered. No, no, no. It's 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 good that we all of the networks in New Zealand are now using a, a superior system. Yeah, exactly. All good, like most of the rest of the world. Yeah, and <laughs> it now means that if you purchase a handset, you don't have to replace your handset if you change providers. I know. And the thing is, here's the thing: I could never understand with the technologies like Amps and CDMA that Telecom went with, and that is because of the lack of a SIM card, you couldn't just, if, if your phone died, you had to get your new phone pre-programmed by the technicians <laughs> at Telecom yes. before you can use it. You couldn't just yep. take the SIM card out and use it. The phone no, was the account, go, oh, was tied to the account. And, and, and stop off at Dick Smith and pick up a cheap phone replacement to tide you over until you got your insurance back. It was it's a silly system whereas you know with SIM cards regardless of the technology the the SIM card is just such a much better idea because everything's tied to the SIM card not to the to the phone Precisely. device itself. Precisely. Cuz you're far more likely to have a fault with your phone than a fault with your card. Totally. And Brett that is episode 178. Thank you very much for co-hosting. Always a pleasure, Ed. Excellent. And hey, let's do it again next week. Indeed. But in the meantime, keep your eyes out for that Mars rover landing. 0530, that's 5.30 a.m. GMT. Work out your offset for your local time zone. That's when it's all happening. And Brett, thank you very much for giving the info on that uh, story as well, by the way. Not a problem. Excellent. All right, see you again next week. See you, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye. Go the Kiwis at the Olympics. (laughs) 